have my daughter. I want her to come up this morning. She wants to share Matthew 7, verses 24 through 29. And this is not a coincidence, but when I the last time I preached, if if any of you don't know, we are in a series on the firm found living on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And every and any time that I have been um, had the opportunity to share in this series, I have opened the word with Matthew's, I've opened my time teaching with Matthew 7 verses 24 through 29. It's about um, building our house on the, on the rock of Jesus Christ. The last time that I shared um, on a Sunday, Monday came and we were doing some homeschool and I went into my daughter's room and she gets to um, go over, you know, let me know what she's going to do for homeschool that day. And she had her Bible on. She's like, okay, I'm going to start with Bible and I'm going to do my piano and this, this and that. And she opens her word and she quotes Matthew 7, 24 through 29. I had no idea. Normally, I have a part in what they're uh, memorizing for scripture, but there's times where they do some Abeka videos and things. And so it just really filled my heart that the Lord speaks to us at every age, every stage. The body of Christ is the old and the young, the, the new believer and the one who's been in the faith for quite some time. And so I want to encourage you by opening up my talk with Matthew 7. Good morning, church. I wanted to share Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Therefore, everyone, anyone who heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And anyone who heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, I will liken him unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass that Jesus had ended these sayings, and the people were astonished at his doctrine, for they thought as one having authority and not as the scribes. Matthew seven twenty-four through 29. Thank you. Thank you, Kendall. Hallelujah. Are, do you feel this morning more equipped, more founded, more strengthened that your life is built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ? Yes, yes or no? Yes. yes. I hope you all say yes. We have been in, uh, we're, I think we're on like eight or nine of this part series about the firm foundation. And here's why this is so important. Somebody in our church just this month went through a time where the Lord tested their foundation. And the enemy will, t um, will come to steal, kill, and destroy. We know this. But the Lord will also come to test your, your foundation. He'll, he'll test where it is you're at. He'll test where it is if you are firm on him or not. And we had someone in this house tested. And guess what? She passed the test. Why? Because she is built on a firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And it is essential that if we are not built on the firm foundation, like the quote that I've shared every time I've got to be a part of this study, is if the foundation of faith is not embedded, what is embedded? Just really packed down into you over and over the consistency, right? Embedded. If the foundation is not embedded in our hearts, not just the foundation, the foundation of faith, the foundation of Jesus Christ, the foundation of the truth of his word, amen? If that foundation is not embedded, then the power to endure will crumble. We have to believe that with all our heart. We have to have that in our spirit so that it continues to stir us to chase the foundation of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because the winds will come, the, wi the, the winds will blow, the streams will rise, and the attack of the enemy will come. And if we are sure on that foundation then we will stay steadfast. We will be an overcomer. We will be able to run the race with patience. 
And we will receive the crown that Jesus Christ has for you and I at the end. But this scripture says that if you are a, if you are a foolish man, you will fall, brother. And great will be your fall. If the leaders of this house have anything to do with stewarding your life, it is our desire that you do not fall, friend. That you do not fall in these last days, but that you will be an overcomer. And you, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but there is an abundance more that comes that we get to give God at that glorious day overcomers with crowns with Jesus Christ saying well done thy good and thy faithful servants people walking into the kingdom of God because you were bold enough courageous enough and obedient enough to be a part of God's plan how humbling and how wonderful I just think of Uncle Maui and how humbling and how wonderful he must feel to be a part of God's plan. How wretched a man are we, yet God would, in his kindness and his goodness and his love, would allow us to be a part of his plan. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this message, for the words, Lord, that will be spoken over this pulpit. I pray, Lord, that it would be a rhema word. And those hands that are lifted, Lord, would, you, would, would they be able to catch, Lord, exactly what it is, the revelation of your love and your mercy and your wisdom, Lord, that they might apply it to their lives and never be the same. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. This morning, we're going to talk about the principle of tithing and offering. And before you lean back, I want you to spiritually lean in. And I want you to know that this message goes much deeper, much, much deeper than giving money to the church every time you come to church. All right? This is, Pastor Tyler shared this morning, he said, God can do uncommon things with common things. It wasn't too profound, but somehow it's profound. <laughs> But in other words, you know, we hear the message of, of giving. We hear the message of tithes and offering on a regular basis. We are founded on Christ in this church, and we, we are a body of believers who give. But I believe God wants to open and peel back some layers as we live on a firm foundation and stay embedded in his truth that's going to bring us to a higher level. Anybody want to go into a higher level? Yeah. We're coming out of, anybody want to end the year on a higher level? Let's not even talk about 2024 because 2024 is not here yet. How's about we just end this year on a higher level with Jesus Christ? Amen. And so we're going to talk about the principle of tithing and offering. And I want to say this. Many people want the provision. Many people want the promise. Many people want the protection of God at times. But they choose to live on their own preferences day after day. So if you're taking, notice, taking notes this morning, you can write these three P words down. Promises, principles, and preferences. Here's an example. I want a healthy marriage. I want a thriving marriage. I want a lasting marriage. But I prefer to be selfish. Here's the principle. I'm talking about principle as in the precepts of God's word, the, the laws of God's word, the rules of God's word, the things that God has commanded us that give us protections and parameters for our good. Our God is a good God, amen? He doesn't withhold stuff from us. He withholds stuff for us, amen? And so here's a principle in regards to a healthy marriage. Ephesians 5.33 says, Each one of you, talking to the husbands, also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Here's a promise. Psalms 133 verse 1. How good and how pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity. 
a husband and a wife as God's people? They want a good marriage? Are they, are they adhering to the principle of God's word? Is the wife respecting her husband? Or does she prefer to talk any kind of way? Or she prefer to act any kind of way? Is the husband loving his wife as much as he loves the church? I mean, as much as he loves himself? Or does he come home from work and he does everything that he needs to do and checks everything off of his list without even regarding his wife, without even regarding his home? We're a team. And sometimes we prefer to do what we prefer instead of adhere to the principles of God's word, but yet we expect the, we expect the promise. So then we're baffled. Oh, how come things not going well? How come my wife mad? How come, how come things aren't in unity? Amen? We, we, here's another example. Matthew 18, verses 21 through 22. Jesus commands us to forgive 70 times 7. But we prefer to hold a grudge. We prefer to keep a record when somebody would never pay us back. We prefer to keep a record when people wrong us. We prefer to bring up things of the past that should have been forgiven. But the principle of God's word says that this was, uh, the disciples was asking, Peter was asking Jesus, Lord, so how many times again should, you know, the brother that, you know, he keep making a mistake, he keep messing up, he keep coming at me? Oh, 70 times 7. In other words, over and over and over again are we to forgive. But we want the promise of when we make a mistake, we want people to be gentle with us, to be kind with us, to be easy to forgive us, easily to let go, and allow us back into their space, emotional space once again. That's not how it works, friends. I'm here to tell you today that there are principles of God's word that he is asking, that he has for us to follow. And the, print, the promise is connected to the principle. The promise is connected to the principle. And the preference, a lot of times, is connected to your pride. So if you're taking notes, write that down and ask God to reveal some things to you. Because our God is a good God, and he wants to give his kids promises, protections. But it's connected to the principle of God's word, the principle of giving. Hebrews tells us that when it comes to giving our tithe to the church, that the tithe is the tenth. Can somebody turn on the fans? Did we have fans going? Thank you. So the tenth, if you don't see the word tenth, the, the word tenth shows up in Leviticus, but if you don't see the word tenth and you hear the word tithe, know that the tithe means the tenth. It's not something that the church came up with. It's something that God ordained and he ordered, and it means a tenth, a tenth of your income, a tenth of what it is you, um, you earned. It's a portion. Amen? And to me, it sounds pretty fair because no matter, no matter where you're at in your financial journey, a tenth is a tenth. Whether you make $300,000 or you make $35,000 a year, a tenth is a tenth. And it comes to the house of God. Amen? I didn't put numbers on my, my paper. Hold on here. Thank you, Lord. God is testing you with your finances. God is testing you with your finances. Let's talk about the tenth. There's a correlation between the tenth. Give God your tenth. 
and the number 10. And it is, a, it is a form of testing, okay? So God tested, the Bible says that God was going to test Pharaoh's heart. Isn't that right, Pastor Jay? And how many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. And how many commandments are there? Ten. And how many times were the Israelites tested in the wilderness? Ten. How many times was Jacob's wages changed? Ten. He was tested. How many virgins were tested? Ten. How many days how many days are they tested in the book of Revelations chapter 2? Ten. And so here's, here's a concept that I would like you to consider. That although God is good and God all by himself, and he does not need our money, our God is so good that he is testing us in our finances. But let's, go, let's just go to Ma, uh, Malachi chapter 3. Verses 8 through 12. I'm actually going to start at verse 6. For I love, for I the Lord do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your father you have turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. I'm going to stop right there and say this is an example of a people who decided to live based on what they preferred instead of living based on God's principles. Okay? But he said, I the Lord do not change. Um, you children of Jacob, are not consumed. In other words, God is merciful. He was being merciful on them. Amen? But you say, return to me, he's saying. Return to me, and I will return to you. As we continue to live on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, there are people in this room, and there are people in the church that God is asking, and he's stirring, and he's saying, there are some things that you need to let go of and return to me. There are some ways that you're living and some conducts that are going on in your life, and I'm asking you to lay those to the wayside and return to me, the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, and live on on my pref live on my principles and not your pre preferences. And the good news about this is when you return to the Father and begin to live on his principles, he has promises for you. He has good things for you. He has protections. He has provision. And he's going to pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. And so we have to drop the mindset and kick the devil in the throat and tell him, I'm not going to believe what it is you're saying about my God. My God is not here to limit me and to hold me back from the things that are good. Because that is a lie from the pit of hell. God has good things for you. And you, when you stick to the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and you live and adhere to his principles, he's going to open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Let's just read it. It says here, but you say, how shall we return? May that be your and I, yours and my prayer. God, how, how, how would you have me return to you? What it is, what is it, Lord, that I need to give up this day that I might return to my first love? That I might not be double-minded in all my ways because I know the principle of God's word says when I am double-minded in all my ways, a man who is double-minded, the Lord spits out. He says, I either want you hot or I want you cold. But if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out. And when you are double-minded, you are unstable in all of your ways. That's what the Bible says. 
That's the principle of God's word. So ask the Lord this day, Lord, what would, how, how do I need to return to living based on the firm foundation and the principles that you have for me? And this is what he says in regards to the principle of tithes and offering. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But they said, how can, how have we robbed you? God says, in your tithe and your contribution. In other words, in your 10%, in the 10% of your earning and in your contribution, that is how you are robbing me. You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to test, says the Lord of hosts. So God is testing you in your tithes and offering. But then he's so good that he turns around and he says, and you can even test me. Amen? So he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. In the old people... Um, there's, there's people that say, you know, we don't live under the law anymore. We live under grace. That's Old Testament, um, that's Old Testament wisdom, and we are not under the Old Testament anymore. Um, the storehouse were, was a place where they, they, they gathered their things that they, they needed to provide for people. Today, the storehouse is the church. Today, the storehouse is the gathering place of the body of believers that is used to dispense the things that the world needs today, the hope that they need, the joy that they need, the tangible resources that they need, and it comes from the storehouse. So today, the storehouse is the body of Christ. So to give a tenth, the Lord is saying, give a tenth of your income into the church, the church that you are a member of. And see if I will, and test me in this. Okay? Let's continue reading. It says, and thereby put me to test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open, here's the promise. If you follow the principle, here's the promise. If I will not open the window of heaven for you and pour out a blessing until there is no more room. Here's another promise. I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Come on, somebody. Does anybody need the Lord on their side? Pushing back the attack of the enemy that's trying to come at you on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday afternoon? I'm telling you what. The Lord says he will rebuke the enemy on your behalf so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. In other words, the, it's saying that the efforts that you are putting into whatever it is that you are investing in the Lord, he will not let it come back void. It will, bear, it will bear fruit. But it has to start based on the principle of God's word. We can work all day long, and, and, and money can come into our space, and we can have what we need. But there's something different when we stand on the principle of God's word. God, we can work. Okay, here, here it is. We work. We got our 9 to 5. We work 40 hours. Okay, then we need extra because we got extra bills, so we work some more, and we work some more, and we work some more. And then so, you know, we got a couple extra hundred. We got a couple extra thousand. And then it comes into the home, and we use it for what we need. Okay, but then we're tired. Okay, then we're fighting. Then there's dissension, and there's all this turmoil and, and all these things going on in our spirit, in our body, right? But the word says when we live on the principle, we work Maybe our 40 hours, we give the Lord the first day of the week. We come to church. We give our 10th. God says, I'm going to take what you invested in the week, and I'm going to allow it to bear fruit. Not only will I allow it to bear fruit, but I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. I will give you grace for the race. I will give you strength for the journey. I will give you everything you need. To move forward in this life, 
not all beat down, beat trotten, all mess up and bust up. Ask the people that tithe in this house. Ask the people how God has showed up and showed off over and over and over again. Why? Because we are adhering to the principle of God's word. It is not because we are better than. It is not because we got it more together. It is not because I've been in the church longer than you've been in the church. It is only because of the choice that we make, that those choose to make to surrender to Christ day after day and to believe with all the courage and all the, and all the audacity that God is who he says he is. You know what, God, I'm going to test you in this. I'm going to put in the bowl. I'm going to put my 10%. And let me just tell you this. Those that think that the 10% and the tithe is the, new te- is the Old Testament way, I'm here to tell you to break the barrier and here to tell you that 10% is just the surface. 10% is just the standard that God made back in the day. And we can debunk that thought by going to Genesis chapter 14. Will you turn with there? Turn there with me. This is what Genesis chapter 14 says. Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek. Genesis chapter 14. Is that right? Okay, so um, 14 verse 17, the head of my Bible says, Abraham blesses Melchizedek. Um, after they return from a defeat, what's, what's that word, Pastor Jay? 17th, they went to a, they went to a, 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 a chariot alarm. And the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he blessed it. Blessed be by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be most high, who has delivered your enemies out of your hand. And Abraham gave a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the person, but take the goods for yourself. I'm going to stop there. Abraham gave a tenth. Abraham was the first patriarch of our faith. Father Abraham. He gave a tenth 400 years before the law. And so as you live on a firm foundation of Jesus Christ, For yourself, you can know the security of what we are teaching is according to biblical doctrine. And you need to know this not only for yourself, but those that you encounter, those that you disciple, those that you come alongside of. Amen? Because it's never just about us. But as we continue to bring people into the house of God, we want to teach them that as they live upon the principles of God's word, God's promises will flow in and through their lives to where you cannot even contain it. So not only do we want to live this out for us, but don't you want your friend and your mama and your sister and your brother and your roommate to know that our God is such a good God? That if we listen and we adhere to the principles of his word, he will do mighty, mighty things on our behalf. This is good news, my friend. This is good news. What I love even more, what I, what I like to do is I, I'm reading whatever scripture I'm reading, and then I go behind and I read, and then I go ahead and I read. I'm walking the, the wrong way, but you get the gist. So I'm reading chapter 15. And this is what I see. 
This is what God did for Abraham after he gave his tenth, after he gave his tithe. I want somebody to get excited in this house because I'm reminding you that this is not about giving money to the church. This is about how God wants to open up the windows of heaven on your behalf. And if he's done it for me, he can do it for you. Amen? And we can have another service of testimonies of those who have been faithful and how God has done it over and over and over and over for them. But I want to stir your faith just as God has been stirring my faith because it reminds me that the tenth is just the standard. God told me this week, the tenth is just the standard, Tosh. Go ahead and give more. I want you to be a generous person. I want you to, your children to see that there is generosity in your home. So that there was a flow. Amen? So this is what happens to Abraham. Um, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abram, for, you, for I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Can I just tell you that it is counterintuitive when you feel like you don't have anything to give. But as you act in obedience today... We're going to give you an opportunity, and the Lord will continue to give you an opportunity week after week. But as you, as you encounter opportunities and you feel that, that resistance, like, oh, man, this just doesn't seem right. You know, I only got 100 bucks. I'm going to give 20 bucks. Or whatever the case may be, I want you to know that the Lord will be your shield, and great will be your reward. The Lord will be your shield. And even if you have to tell, talk to your spirit. David talked to his soul up and down the walls all day long. I'm sure Uncle Maui speaks to his soul. What is your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotion. And if so, every Sunday you wake up and you prepare in your heart what it is you will be giving tangibly and physically to serve the Lord with your tithes and offering. If it just doesn't seem right, I want you to speak to your soul and I want you to tell your soul, the Lord is my shield and he will be my savior and my reward. Great, it says, your reward will be great. And then he tells him, I'm going to drop down. Um, he's, Abram is telling him, I don't even, I don't have kids. Like I want kids and I don't have kids. And he tells him, Abraham, I'm going to give you kids. Abram, I'm going to bless the fruit of your womb. It was something that he wanted most. I'm going to even be bold enough to say there are things, there are things in your life that you are asking God for the most. I think I'm preaching to myself. There are things that we want the most. We desire, and God knows the desires of your heart. And he's saying, daughter, son, I'm good, good God all by myself. I don't need your money. But there is a principle that I want to test. There's a principle that if you adhere to, I have the ability to give you what you want most, what you need most. This is what he does for Abram. It says, look towards the heavens and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he says to him, so shall be your offspring. Amen. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. The preference tendency becomes most of the tithe. Listen to this. The preference when we prefer to give. Testing. Hello. So when we prefer to give in our natural, our tendency would be, I'll give most of the tithe most of the time. Are you hearing me? 
I'll give most of the tithe, most of the time. But God is looking for a mature believer. Somebody say mature believer. Was anybody here when Pastor David came and he said, we are the equipped church? He said, we are, we are no longer people of milk, but we are people that are going to be dining on real food. Amen. And if 2023 is the year that he may appear, I believe with all of my heart that he is coming back for a bride that is mature, a bride that is without spot or without blemish, who is walking in the precepts, the protections, the provisions, the pouring out of God's goodness and grace all over your life. Amen. And so the, the, the mature believer will live on a firm foundation, hold to his principles in a way that has a posture that says, don't miss this, all of the tithe, all of the time. Everybody say it. All of the tithe, all of the time. Hallelujah. All of the tithe, all of the time. Proverbs say, Honor the Lord your God with the first fruits of your increase. And so the principle is found in Malachi chapter 23. I'm sorry, Malachi chapter 3. But if you're also, if you're taking notes and you want to write another scripture, you can find it in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs says to honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase. That, Im that it means the tenth of what it is that you have earned. Amen. Some people are concerned that this was a principle under the law. I, okay, so I shared that. Um, so God provided a promise to Abraham based on his obedience and loyalty to God. Amen. Amen. The, pre the preference is, here's another preference. Here's something we sometimes prefer in our flesh. We prefer, we want to serve both God and money. Amen. This is a, this is a, a scripture that we cannot serve both God and money. But that, that is synonymous with either being hot or cold. I'm sorry, that's not synonymous with being hot or cold. What I'm saying is we can't have a preference and be straddling. Right? We can't be serving God and be serving money at the same time. That's, that's the same as being a double-minded man. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amen? Okay. Either you will hate the one or love the other. This is what the scripture says. Or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay, I want to go to second. Corinthians chapter 9. Everybody doing okay? Okay. So this is the New Testament principle of giving. This is found in 2 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul. Amen. Um, radical giving... This is the principle, radical giving according to what you have. That's the new standard. So 10% was the baseline. But the new test in the New Testament, under grace, under all that God has in his provision for us, it's radical giving based on what is in your hand. Amen? Okay. Deuteronomy uh, 9, verse 6 says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So this is just a scripture to back up radical giving. When you radically give, you will reap radically. When you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. And this is a principle of our money and of tithes and offering. But can I go as far as to say, when you radically Love, it's going to come back your way. When you radically forgive, the things that will be released off of your life, 
the healing that can take place that you have never known. Whatever you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. Whatever you give, each one must give according, not reluctantly, but whatever he has decided in his heart. For God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. So people who tithe, here's a narrative. People who tithe, they say things like this. I'm so blessed. I have everything that I need. And when you see them walk through a valley, valley, they will say something like, God will provide. Somebody say, God will provide. Somebody say, God will provide. Somebody say, I'm blessed. God will provide. So when somebody asks you, how you doing? And you're not sure how you're doing? Say, I'm blessed. God will provide. Amen? Declare and decree as a daughter of God, as a son of God. Here's a narrative of someone who maybe does not tithe. I can't afford to tithe. I'm broke. I have to work. I'm tired. Okay? You will ne- I'm going to say this. You will never be able to afford to tithe until you begin to tithe. Somebody's, somebody's got to write that down. They got to go home and they got to like just let it just keep saying it. You will never be afford to tithe until you begin to tithe. And you have to think of it in the context of the principle of God's word that says when we give our tenth, he will pour out a blessing that we cannot contain. And he will rebuke the devourer on our behalf. Do you, are, you, are you hearing me here? That when you step out in faith, Abraham step out, stepped out in obedience. So when you step out in obedience and you do what you cannot do on your own, God will come behind you and he will do more than you even wanted. And then you will be able to start a cycle of breaking change. So every time you tithe, you are breaking a chain, buddy. You are breaking chains in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. And I'm going to give you a couple of stories. There are many. When these fires hit, we were all so burdened. And I heard somebody say, do for one what you want to do for many. And then, so I prayed. I was like, okay, where, where do I go, Lord? I want to go to Lahaina. I can't go to Lahaina. I got my four kids. Where, you know, I homeschool. And I, and I just, I was, I was like this. And the Lord provided my neighbors who had um, family members that lost everything in the fire. And the Lord said, I want you to adopt that family, and I want you to give. I want you to check on them week after week after week for as long as I tell you. I want you to bring produce. I want you to bring money. I want you to bring gift cards. I want you to bring, I want you to bring shoes. I want you to pray. I want you to check on them. I want you to text them. And so it began a journey. And what I tell you, they, as well as many other people, when we as a family come to give, they don't want. And they, they'll say something like, oh, you, you, oh, you got a family. You got to take care of your family. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to take from your family. And I tell them, please do not rob me from the blessing that God has for you and for me. Because whatever I sow, I will reap. And whatever I give to you will come back to me tenfold. Because our God is a God of multiplication. He's just not going to turn around and give you a little bit. But he's going to give you so much that you will have to be able to bless other people. And there's even another reason. It's not even for, because he wants that. Of course it is. But that's not the only reason. It's because God wants to display his glory in the earth. And if we are not careful, we will be a people that don't allow God to display his glory through our lives. What a shame would that be? What a shame. Not in this house. Not in this house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close here shortly. I have a tube of toothpaste. And anybody who looks at this tooth of toothpaste would say that there's nothing in here. It's gone. It's, it's about time to go in the trash. Can we just, like, 
give a hand for how committed we are to using all of our toothpaste. Like, who does this? Do you, do you guys use all of your toothpaste? Because when I'm about to throw it away, and then I see it on my husband, because we got two sinks. We can give a hand for that, too, because we're growing up in the world. So we got two sinks in our bathroom now. And so when the toothpaste is on my husband's side, I'm like, oh, he, I guess he's going to use the toothpaste. He'll get some more. And, but I want to throw it away because naturally it looks like there's nothing. And this is just an example of our giving. Naturally, we feel like there's nothing, Lord. There's nothing left to give. And this is, this is the principle of our giving financially, but this can be the principle of our giving of service to the Lord in his house, of the community. I mean, think of my life with my four kids. There's days where I think that there is nothing left to give. But because of the grace and the strength of God, I come to this house every Sunday to serve who? The Lord. To serve the Lord. Amen? And can I just tell you that although there is nothing that seems like there's left, there's still more. And then you go back, and then there's still more. And then you're just wondering, and this is what's going to happen when you begin to give. Can I just tell you? When you begin to give, it's going to be like, okay, here you go, Lord. Here you go. And you're going to give. You're going to give your 10%. I believe there's, there's going to be some change broken in this room, and God's going to bring you to a new level. And you're going to begin to give God out of obedience, not because the church needs it, not because God needs it, but because you believe God at his word. And you're going to give him your 10%. And at first, it might seem like, oh, man, I have to believe God for that next thing. For that money that I gave, I got to go to believe God for that thing over here now. But can I tell you, there is no better place to be. There is no better place to be than in a place where you need God. I bet you there's so many people that you know, they don't think they need God. And if you just t do a tape of their life, you can see you see the lack, you see the unsettling, you see, you see the, um, the anxiety, you see where there's no peace. It's good to need God. So at first it might seem like this. And I forgot to bring my full tube. But I promise you, test God at his word. Because he's going to send out, he's going to pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. And it's going to be, thank you. Thank you, Julie. It's gonna be, um, it's gonna be an ebb and flow of your life, isn't it, Pastor Jay? Isn't it an ebb and flow? I mean, we're not all up here rich, rich and glorious, and carrying Gucci bags and handing out hundreds. No. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, right? We have to be real. <laughs> but it's an ebb and flow, and I'll just close with this testimony. The rental market here, many of you know, is just out of control. It's insane. It is insane. But we, my family and I, have committed to live on the principle of God's word. And I'm going to even say that we can pass out envelopes right now. Um, if you guys can help me with that. Thank you so much. And... Um, we have committed to live our life on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And I feel like this is kind of like, I, I don't want to water this down, but I'm, I'm thinking of this. Um, kind of like your health. You know, you, there's things that is, it's simple. There's steps. You know the steps. You know the result of the steps, Right? We're thinking of weight loss. We're thinking of how to get strong in our body, right? We know the steps. Weight loss is actually not really that hard. You just live in a deficit. 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 Thank you. A calorie deficit, and you will begin to drop the weight, right? That's, it's simple. 
but it's sometimes a challenge. Amen. Same like our giving. It, it's a simple principle that I if today you go home or even in your seat right now, you say, God, I want to live. I want to live under your principles. And I want to break every thought. I want to bring into captivity every thought that says that this is something that's going to limit my life. And I want you to know that it is not going to limit your life. But God is going to open up a way for you that seems like there is no way. And the good news is it doesn't only happen in our finances because God is not a compartmentalized God. It will begin to overflow like living water into your mind, into your heart. And my favorite is that he rebukes the devourer on our behalf because the devil is a liar. And he is trying his hardest to steal your joy, to steal your peace, to steal your family. And we're going to say, not today. Not today. Amen? Not today. And so if you are ready, you can come on up and give to the Lord from your tithe and from your offering. Thank you, Lord. Aloha, church. Um, my husband hasn't worked from August 8th, I believe, and we're still waiting on TDI. And what Pastor is saying is he provides. He provides. Even when we don't have zero he provides gas. Sometimes he provides the notion that I would go turn in cans, $60 worth of cans, gave me $60 worth of gas. But what I'm trying to say is we had nothing. We still have smiles. We love each other more today than we loved each other yesterday. I mean, there's so much to be thankful for, even when the income's not coming in. Grace is coming in. My son is changing. I mean, they came for dinner last night. It was just, we weren't home. But there's so many testimonies that I could be here and tell you what God has done in my life in this short time that changed me. And I still don't have an income. Do I look worried? Nah. You know, I'm still human at the end of the day. But, but I know God provides. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands to the, um, the bowl. Father, we just, we just profess, Lord, Proverbs 11.25, and it says a generous person will prosper. And I declare, Lord, that each person sitting in this room, man of God, woman of God, is a generous person. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed.